Hey y'all, I'm Alexis and welcome to First Year Project, a podcast sharing the stories behind the good, bad, and integral aspects of first year experiences. As those of you who follow First Year Project on social media already know, I'm hosting the podcast's first live show with Latrell James, Saturday, September 9th, 6 to 9 p.m. Subscribe to the newsletter for your invite. An invite does not necessarily guarantee entry, so once you get your invite, make sure to RSVP. As I work hard on the upcoming live show, here's a mini episode of the coverage I did almost a year ago at the MFA Now overnight event at Boston's Museum of Fine Arts. The event was a monthly overnight party at MFA filled with dope-ass music, art workshops, drinks, and other programming literally from 6 p.m. all the way through 9 a.m. the following day. Too often do we go to these parties and not really know much about the DJs themselves. So I decided to interview them. I interviewed four DJs. DJ Native, son of DC. Uh, okay, I was DJing one time at this party and I guess there was too much stuff plugged up. And like equipment? Yeah, it was too much equipment plugged up. And like we were in the middle of the set, the party's rocking, everybody's dancing, it's sweaty, it's packed in that joint. And like the power just cuts. Oh my goodness. Just straight up cuts. DJ Zephyr Ann, based in Brooklyn. Boston has a really limited scene when it comes to like nightlife and stuff. It's growing and it's definitely getting a lot better. But Absolutely. you know, when I was a kid, when I was like 17, 18, 19, I was sneaking into places because I wanted to go to parties and I had no other choice. That's what you had to do. Yeah. DJ Young Paul and Big Bear of Collective Boston. You know, that's why we've had the success we've had because it's not something we didn't make magic. We just filled a, um, a void in the city, like straight up. Like. And nationally sought out DJ Breck One of Boston as well. How in the, how in the hell do you do this? Uh, I don't know. At this point, it's kind of like part of my daily process. It's actually funny if I'm not DJing or, or booked out later traveling, like trying to go to bed before 4 a.m. is a problem for me. So I think it's uh, a passion-fueled lifestyle that is uh, supported by Red Bull and tequila. <laughs> Here are snippets of their stories about transitioning into DJing, the hardest part of their journey, and what keeps them going. How did you transition into becoming a DJ? I remember sitting in the house, me and my brothers, we were playing video games, and in the next room, my dad would be playing something, and we'll stop playing the video games. We'd be like, yo, dad, what's that you playing? He's like, man, you don't know nothing about that. That's that, that's that, Curtis, that's that Curtis Mayfield, you know what I'm saying? Or something like that, so. It happened really organically. I've always been into music, um, hanging out in record stores, like in high school and everything, and actually tried to learn how to DJ for the first time when I was maybe like an eighth grade or a freshman year in high school I wanted to go to parties and I had no other choice. That's what you had to do. 
Yeah. And by doing that, I actually ended up becoming really cool with like the staff and like DJs around the scene. I mean, both of us kind of really. I don't know if you know this, but Paul and I went to high school together. Yes. So shout to to Randolph High. Dolph, Ari Chessel, the Dolph. Shout out, shout Dirty Dolph. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I'm I, I started like literally. Like, I mean, Paul remembers this the last day of high school, and he short started what shortly after. Yeah, um, my freshman year in college. Um, yeah. I had been friends with a DJ in the city named Breck. Breck Morris, night. And uh, just seeing him on the scene and doing different things, he kind of taught me the craft and told me exactly what direction to go. But it's just when you know something, that's what you want to do. You fall in love with it, you pursue it, you know, get it more like, Yeah, like for me, it was like my sister started taking me out to like house parties, like before I graduated high school, and I was like, I just saw mad people just like, like you know, mad love for the DJ. And of course, when I was in high school, uh, it, there was one thing on my mind. It was. Women. <laughs> I'm trying to get that love. I'm trying to get that love, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't lie. And uh, obviously I love music as a, and, and all that, you know, all the cliche quotes and all that. But, you know, it started out with like, you know, want attention and like, and that was like the avenue that I went with. And I'm just stuck with it because I fell in love with the craft. And that's basically what it is. And shout out to my mentor, Tim Matola. He, he like, he blessed me with like my first experience with turntables. And, and that was like for me, like, there was no turning back after that. And after college, I, I, I was an engineer, and I was doing that and still DJing on the side. And when the opportunity came for me to just kind of transition into this as a full-time pro- like lifestyle and project and career, I, I just jumped at the chance. And it was a day in October, like whenever I left, like five, six, seven years ago. Um, and I woke up, I had played a gig. And that year was just kind of like a year that, you know, I got, I started traveling for the first time, like, you know, doing shows. I was doing shows with Most Def, uh, doing shows in Vegas, was in LA, and still while working as a, at uh, that job. And one day I woke up after playing the gig the night before, and it was like 10 a.m., I was late for work, and I was just like, man. I can't do this anymore. What's the toughest part of that? Um, living in the city is not cheap. <laughs> it's not cheap in D.C. And, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be honest, you know what I mean? Like, you got to pay certain bills, you know what I mean? And, and sometimes DJs, they don't, I wouldn't say they don't get the respect, but they don't, they don't get what they're worth sometimes, you know what I mean? I think it's the confidence to, like, DJing as much as, it's like a very cool, popular thing, and it's, it's awesome, it's really fun, but it's also, I think, just as vulnerable as any other kind of performative art, where you're being creative in front of people, and for me, I've always loved the arts, but I'm a very, like, I'm not, like, I'm kind of like a performance shy person, so I think building that confidence of, like, what I think is cool, and what I want to do, and what I think sounds awesome when I'm at home, and feeling confident enough to do that in front of people. Ever, you know, it's, it's always a constant cycle of trying to improve yourself and trying to get to the point where you can do it full time. For us, it's like we're still we still work jobs, we still do what we have to do. So it's like the frustration is like not having access. You know, Brian access and I, how? What do you mean by that? Access into the places you want to play, access to the type of parties you want to play. Yeah, access to people in other markets that might book you. You know, for us, it's like we look at it like Brian and I feel like we can play. Any crowd, any type of vibe, 
anywhere we go. It's like, but that doesn't matter to that matters to us, but to other people, it's like they're the ones that have to say, all right, Brian and Paul and Collective Boston are doing amazing things. Like, let's let's reach out to them. You know, that's the hardest thing to get people to hear. It's a, it is. I mean, <laughs> uh, coming from a Caribbean background, um, anyone who comes from a background like mine knows that it's like your parents want want you to do the most like official job <laughs> like you know like how are you gonna go from it like engineering to DJing and there there was a point you know when I started off where I wasn't sure like hey am I gonna have enough gigs and you know cover you know my health insurance and pay my cell phone bill but uh so th- there's there was that aspect of it and for me Although I, I just didn't let it be at the forefront of why I was doing things, you know, not that I forgot that I, you know, that or I try to forget that I had responsibilities, but I didn't let the responsibilities take me down and take away the vision that I had. What keeps you going? Um, honestly, uh, music, yo, like new music, like fresh music, because I always think about the songs that make me feel like really, really good inside. You know what I mean? Like songs that that remind me of my like teenage years or like childhood. You know what I mean? Music that's very relatable and touches my soul. So shit like that, when I hear it, I'm just like, yo, this is dope. I need to share this. People need to feel this, how I'm feeling, you know what I mean? How awesome it is. It's just so much fun. It's the energy that you get from being in front of people. Um, it is unlike other creative arts and performing arts where what you're doing is, if you're doing it well, I think, if you're doing it the right way, is you're feeding off of what people are responding to. So it's very in the moment. It's very improvisational. But it's also a really satisfying, exciting feeling when like, something you drop is connecting with people and they're responding and that, you know. So it's, it's like you kind of keep chasing that energy, you know, from one party to the next. I mean, you said it, like, the fact that it's changing, and you can see it before your eyes. Mm-hmm. It's the, the idea that what you put in, you're getting something out of it. And it's like, a lot of people can fail at certain things that they do, and they'll be like, all right, I'm done, I'm leaving. But it's like, when you know you put in the work, and then you see the results of that work, you're like, okay, cool, this is this is keeping me going. So now it's like, let's continue to push, let's continue to do different things, let's continue to try to, like, engage people and see what we get out of it. Yeah. That's... For us, that's like one of the most satisfying things, you know? Yeah, I mean, I believe uh, if there is one word that could explain it, it's Excelsior, which is how I approach every day, which is ever upward. It's Latin for ever upward. Can you say the word one more time? Excelsior. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I look to always be growing in a way. And part of that process is how I represent myself as a brand. And the number one thing is respect. You know, I shake hands, I respect everyone. You know, I give them a reason to like, not doubt who I am and my quality of product just off meeting me, not even hearing me DJ or working with me on anything. Just from having a conversation with me, they're, they're like, this is someone I feel comfortable in working with or I could, I, I would listen to his ideas, at least listen. And as soon as you get someone listening, that's all you need. You need the person to start listening, and then once you get their ears and tuned in, mm. you start to go to work. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode, y'all. 
If you have thoughts you'd like to share about the episode or want to share your own moment of transition, make sure to drop me an email at firstyearprj at gmail.com. A link to subscribe to First Year Project's newsletter is included in today's show notes. The newsletter allows you to get first dibs to episodes and will also begin including more exclusive content. So make sure to subscribe with the link in the show notes. Today's background music is My Night by Chantel Acta and My Love produced by Conrad Dalton. Editing, production, and hosting on today's episode were done by myself. You can find First Year Project on Twitter and Instagram at firstyearprj. P is in Paul, R is in Ricky, J is in John, and on Facebook at First Year Project. For visuals and previous episodes, visit firstyearproject.com. If you like the show, please make sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes as it helps First Year Project go up in the rankings and reach more people. If you're not familiar with how to do this, please visit firstyearproject.com slash review. A link will also be included in the show notes. Thanks for the love, y'all. Until next time, have a dope week.